Are we live? We are live. <laughs> What's up, everybody? We're back for another episode. We got some. We got some coffee. Um, we have myself. We have Byron Horton. Byron's made. He actually made a special trip, and we're doing this one live in person. He is. Um, we're in the homestead right now. We just got done. And why would I be here, Cody? Yeah, we just got done taking a bunch of photos of number two. Number two just hit the ground um, here in Iowa. So. For those of you who've been following uh, my story, it's day 17 and we just got it done. So that's why Byron's up here. We worked perfect, just, like we planned it. it. Yes, exactly, exactly. So I was in Illinois. I get a phone call from you, and there's still probably a half hour or so left of daylight. I text you back. I said, "Man, I'm I'm still on post." <laughs> yeah, and I didn't I didn't think about it, but when I called you, I'm like, "Why? Why the hell is he answering?" Because I'm thinking. He filled his tag. I didn't know you were out of state, um, and it worked out perfect. Or actually, I did. I don't know if you texted me. I was who knows where my mind was at, but but yeah, you were like, dude, I'm still sitting. Like, <laughs> like I'll be out in 30 minutes. Just give me, um, yeah. But it worked out perfect. So uh, that brings us. I mean, last podcast we did, you know, we had that was right before you shot your buck. Yeah, that is true. Um, and that's another. Between between two guys now, that's three deer that died one stick high. You can't beat that. Uh, you can't argue it, man. <laughs> and and it's funny because uh, and we'll get into. I want to hear the. We'll get into the Byron Buck story here in a second. But it's funny. So so get this. There's probably and I know we've been talking about the two stick method and we've been talking about hunting low, and you have to admit. For a long time, you you were so skeptical. You were like, ah, you know, like, and I know you've been hunting lower, sure. And but like, you still didn't want to give up those like like long sticks at first, or the eighters, or like, oh, I still need four or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you might have a little bit of a different opinion now this year. Yeah, I I think confidence. Yes, confidence to hunt low yeah. is now through the roof, and I, and I I think it took a solid two years because I shot my 2018 buck like two sticks and two steps high, um, so so somewhere we'll call it 12 to 12 foot, yep. starting to get lower, and then my best hunt in 2019 I was one stick high in a thicket. I had three bucks under 25 yards. One was kind of oh he was a debatable shooter you know so so yep. a really good hunt there and so now like when i go into a, a hunt if i don't have a tree in mind and the best tree is one stick high i don't even second yeah, guess yeah it. no it's not it's not and i think that's the biggest thing for people to get get over is like just trying it and don't get me wrong like some some people try it and they get just instantly cracked or they don't have good experience right off the bat but it, you know you do have to be a little bit more stealthy and you have to understand what you're doing but I think it's taken that leap, but it's funny. So there's now, and I mean, so you, I mean, you've been, like you said, you've been, you've been getting there and progressing there for the last couple of years. Um, I probably, I don't know how many years it's been that I've been running with two sticks. Probably, I don't know, at least seven, maybe I would think like when I ditched the other two sticks, but there's, um, and there's a lot of people like yourself, that I'm sort of close with or whatever, um, that have been gearing down to the same thing, and even new people that I meet, that I talk, and then like we we might hit it off, and and they're like, oh, okay, I'm going to give it a try. Well, it's funny because this year alone, in the past month now, or actually probably a little over a month, 
Um, I've had, I think it's four buddies that really took the plunge at hunting low, mm-hmm. all kill under 10 feet across the entire country. Yeah. Like literally you got, we had a South Carolina kill. Okay. We had a Pennsylvania kill. We had you in Ohio. We had me in Illinois. We had uh, actually two in Illinois. Um, and then there was there was a Kansas kill, I believe. So it's just like, it's crazy to see that. Like, we're not, a- yeah, not only is it like, okay, we're just preaching our methods here in, in Iowa or whatever, but literally scattered across the entire country. And, you know, one was at the recurve, one was at eight yards, you know, one was a 20-yard shot, whatever. But it's just, it's cool to see it to see it catching on more and and more people giving it the giving it the go so yeah um, and like i still like yesterday so i hunted let's see here 36 feet high i did i hunted yeah. <laughs> i hunted you know three sticks high i moved for a midday location where i was two sticks high in the evening post i was four sticks high so i was carrying four sticks around but i got no problem ditching them yeah i don't feel like i it's, have to well, use them and that's the thing it's important to it's important to know and to learn. Like, like you, each situation is different. You're not always going to use. I always have two sticks. So I only like to carry two, but that doesn't mean I don't get really high with two sticks sometimes. Or I come back for another setup. Like earlier in the year, I had I found a spot, and I've been really. I never hunted that spot one time, but I hung it <laughs> and I left it because I knew it was going to be a killer spot. And I was actually waiting for the wind to be right to hunt that spot at the next available chance and i hunted close to it but that stands still up in the tree and that's like five sticks high and it's really high and it needed to be that way but um but yeah you got to roll the punches you got to do it um but i do find i do think it's cool and i use this correlation so like me recently getting into like photography right one of the videos I watched, and I correlated this to like almost what I did seven or eight years ago with hunting, mm-hmm. and it was like the guys, you know, and I watched a video on like lenses, right? Because yeah. I don't know shit about lenses, and the guy was going through all these different types of lenses, and, and I'm like, holy shit, there's a lot of lenses out there. And I'm thinking like, man, I didn't know it was so complicated, but then he made a point, and he's like, you know, some of the, some of the better photographers are like a really good drill you know, even like a really good good guy who's got, let's say he's got his, you know, uh, just plethora of lenses, right? He's got yeah, 15. Yeah, yeah, he's- well, instead of taking your whole bag, hit that shoot with just a straight 15 and try and shoot the entire thing. Like, yeah. just limit yourself. He's like, it'll make you that much better of a photographer. Well, it's sort of what I did with sticks. Like, I only took two sticks, so then I, I knew I could only get... I didn't have the luxury of getting up 30 feet or I had to go a different spot. So it was kind of cool because it, it definitely made me try some things that I wouldn't have tried. Um, I've heard golfers do the same drill. Yeah, yeah. They'll, take, they'll go play take golf one club, with three clubs. Or three clubs, yeah. You yeah. know, and, and that makes them, you know, have to think creatively. Yeah, As exactly, to yeah. adjust the game. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of the day, you know, you, you've taken yourself outside a comfort zone and become a better golfer. In this case, yeah, insert a better hunter. Boom. Exactly, that's cool. Boom. Yeah, so it's it's something to try, man. So next time, next time you're out there, go out with one screw and step, oh. and that's yeah. it. And just <laughs> yeah. And Dave, Dave has yelled at me a couple yeah. times for hunting low, but yeah. but now well, he cannot yeah. say anything. Not yeah, he yeah he now can't. he can't. Yeah. Well, there's and like that's the thing. So many so many people. <laughs> it, it's hard. It is a hard. It's hard to take the plunge. But, yeah. But anyway, let's let's yeah let's dude let's hear about quick breakdown here. Let's hear about the huh? let's hear about the. Uh, 
um, the Ohio buck. Okay, yeah. So um, this is a big woods environment. So it, it is non-agriculture, no no ag in the, in the vicinity. And I had scouted this area in the off-season, saw some stuff I liked, good buck sign, uh, good habitat. Went in there this summer, hung a few cams, and, and kind of knew in this general oh, piece of public that there was a couple better bucks. And, and there was one G2 buck that I was kind of interested in. Hunted there early October. The, the trail cam showed me he was still there, hard-horned, and actually a few other bucks that were of, of a caliber that I would shoot in that area. And, and so, you know, I, I looked at it, and, and he was on that scrape in the morning, and I kind of kept this area in mind, and, and sure enough, here, what was it, the 22nd, I want to say, we had had rain for about 24 hours. And it just stopped, obviously, late October, scrapes prime time. So I said, I'm going to go to this area. I'm going to check this, you know, area out and, and look for, you know, if that scrapes opened up that the trail cam was on, that's where I was going to hunt. Walked up there, did a big J hook to get in there to get the wind in my favor, and that scrape wasn't open. And there's a trail cam picture of me sitting there deciding, do I hunt this scrape? <laughs> What do I do? Or do I do I scout onward? Because, you know, I'd marked some stuff around uh, the edge of this clear cut that, well, you know, got lit up the previous year. And did you at all think like, okay, well, if it's not hit, he's going to come hit it right now? Did that cross your mind? Or were you like, so, I mean, because usually. I looked, yeah, I looked at the scrape and I was like, man, like it's not open. The licking branches weren't broke. Like I was just kind of like, maybe, maybe this thing's gone cold. And I guess. I feel like I wasted a hunt earlier in the week where I was hunting trail cam picks and not more in-season scout my way in type approach. And so that was playing in my head. I literally hung a stick on the tree, was going to hunt that area, and pulled the stick off, repacked up, and decided I was going to scout my way further. So packed back up, walked uh, probably another 60 yards. And in that time period, I saw two better rubs, and I came across this scrape that was opened up. It was... um, it was bigger as far as there was like, looks like two bigger beach balls and brown, you know, clearings on the ground. And I was like, okay, well this scrape is clearly getting hit. So, so I said, this is where I'm going to hunt. And I was looking for trees. And, and this the, is 60 yards from where you 60 yards. So, so I'm not terribly far off it. And I thought the, uh, based on the trail cam information, this buck was bedding essentially to the north. And I, I still had room to work with. And you can shoot 80 yards. So you're, <laughs> you're absolutely you're, not. Yeah, so you're good either way. So. Yeah. So, yeah, like I, I got to this scrape that opened up and I said, this is enough sign, two better rubs on the way in here. Um, I, I need to be able to shoot this scrape. And there was a couple trees that would work for more, let's call it, you know, we just got done talking about stand height. There was a couple trees 15, 20 yards away from this scrape, but I could see a buck hitting that scrape and working straight away and I would have never got a shot. Yeah. And I was like, I, I don't want to try and hog too much. I need to be able to shoot this scrape. And the best option was this small oak, but on the back side of the oak was like a fortress of, of beech trees, you know, a lot of leaves still on them. Um, and so I was like, well, I can hang on the back side of this oak and be in a little mini tree fort, you know, I had enough cover. Um, so, so I literally put my stick on the, on the tree, ditched my others underneath me, and uh, was not in the stand long. I, I wanna say I, I didn't see any other deer. It was maybe 40 minutes. And like I said, it had been raining for about 24 hours in Ohio. And the rain stopped uh, as I was getting set up. And 40 minutes later, I'm looking at the scrape. And the first thing I see is those black eyeballs of a deer. And it's 12 yards at this point. And just the way it worked out, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't looking down trails. I couldn't see much 
just yeah. due to the habitat. And yeah, I saw those black eyeballs and I seen the wreck was a, a bit wider and I saw decent brows and I said, okay, that, I know there's three bucks in this area I'd shoot. I was like, this is one of them. It's just, yeah. you, you know, at this point I'm like, okay. Game on. Game on. So yeah, I see him 12 yards and he works the scrape, which is about seven yards from the tree I've hung in. And I remember I grabbed my bow and I turned the camera on. And I said, if I can get to full draw, I can kill him. I just have to, you know, is if he's going to be distracted enough for me to get to full draw. Well, that's what's nice about scrapes, too. It may seem like they're looking at it, but they're really focused on, oh. on leaving that, that scent and stuff. So Yeah, so, so again, he sticks his head up in those licking branches, and I get to full draw, and then he sticks his head up there again, and he goes even more broadside. Yeah. And I'm like, this, you can't beat seven yards broadside. Um, I remember, you know, hit getting the pin on him and, and trying to settle and stay coherent instead of autopilot mode. And uh, I shot him, and he kind of actually hunched up and ran about 30 yards, paused for a second or two, and then bounds away. And I can see him run anywhere from 60 to 80 yards away and lose sight of him. Um, this is how low I was. I jumped out of the tree. I didn't even take a step down. I literally jumped out the tree after about five, five minutes of collecting myself. Um, error looked good. I backed out and called my buddy Dave and got signal. And I had the debate because it's still kind of rainy out and nasty. I was like, do I blood trail him while I've got light? Or do I wait for guys that I'm a little bit uh, uh, colorblind. I'm not the best tracker. You know, so I had this debate um, to kind of speed up the rest of the process. Dave and the boys get there. We don't find him that night. We blood trail and have decent blood for 60 yards. And then we just, we lose it. Um, and it was one of those blood trails that actually there was more blood as we went down. We're like, oh, he's going to die in this creek bottom that he's headed towards. And uh, we couldn't find any blood after, after oh, the, the, the last drop. And we searched, oh, for probably an hour. We kind of just poked a few directions and uh, d decided to back out. And obviously, that's just a sleepless night as a bow hunter. <laughs> uh, get up the next morning, drive down there solo. And uh, I start a grid search. And if I took A to B, if, if he was moving in a straight line, that's kind of where I said, oh, he's surely gone, gone a straight line. Gritted that whole area out in about 30 minutes to, to 45. And I said, well, let me, let me look back down this ridge. Maybe he did a big, like, kind of question mark curl. And I'm walking down the ridge, military crest level, kind of looking in this creek bottom still. And I look up on the hillside, and I can see a, a, a deer's butt, just a round mound. And I, I said, no way. Because I've never had good luck, I guess, <laughs> with archery equipment where you, you leave them and find them the yeah. next day. Yeah. I just, I haven't had the best luck doing that. So, um, yeah. Well, surely this can't be, surely this can't be him. There, there's just another dead deer on the yeah, side yeah. of this hill. Uh, Dude, a hundred yards. That's more. a shitty situation. I've been in that situation, actually. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and emotionally, too, you don't want to, like, hope, I feel yeah. like. So, it turns out that was my buck. Um Pretty cool deer, chocolate rack, kind of darker antlers, wider buck. Um, and, and, you know, I ended up actually starting to quarter him out. And then uh, I get a surprise. I, I, I start hearing voices. And I'm like, I'm kind of back in here. Who, who's, who's back in here? And sure enough, Dave and Andy, they, uh, they got a, um, I got a text out from my satellite texter to Dave that I found my buck. And he just called off work and those guys came to help. And, and so I had quartered the deer and essentially we got to, pull the quarters with the jet sled and, and, and pack him out. Um, but yeah, just an awesome hunt. 
seven yards. Kind of scouted my way into, didn't trust the initial sign, which hindsight 2020, the trail camera showed a buck literally come right behind me after I left that initial uh, scrape that wasn't opened up. But, uh, you know, one stick high, seven yards on a scrape. Trail cameras don't lie. Yeah. <laughs> they don't, man. Yeah. It, but you know what? It's pretty cool to scout your way in on the fresh sign and kill one. No, yeah. You know, sure. that's a good skill set to have. I'm, I'm, that's kind of like, uh, you know, here I've killed two out of my last three bucks that way late October. And, and so I'm really starting to like that time period as a bow hunter. Um, so yeah, man. I was, yeah, dude. You're, I mean, you're preaching to the choir, man. That, that's, <laughs> that's what, that's what it's been about, about for me for a while. It's just, it, I don't know. It, it's a different, it's a different game when you start doing it like that and you start actually. I'll never forget you know, seeing his eyeballs in his rack, you know, at, yeah. at 12 yards and be like, dude, you, this about to happen. Yeah. It's, it's a rush, man. For yeah. those, for those who don't, don't know, man, or those who it's, but it's cool putting it all together too. I mean, and just like you said, putting yourself in the position, not just relying on one thing or another, or or being just kind of go through the flow type attitude and and hunting somewhere to hunt there and and you know um, putting yourself in the game is mm-hmm. and confidence too. Because like I said, I felt like I wasted a hunt based on trail camera data. Like uh, that same week, I think maybe a couple days earlier, there was a good cold front, and I was like, God bless it, I, I wasted a sit. Like I just didn't feel like I was in the game. Um, based on what I'd seen on my walk in there. And, and this one, like, you know, I was pretty confident. Um, yeah. And, you know, I did send you and Justin and a couple people the, the, the video file to be like, man, you know, is this buck going to live? And I appreciate you guys kind of putting the support. And um, the, the shot was like 7, 8 out of 10. Like it wasn't, you know, wasn't a smoke show, but it wasn't bad. And it just, that buck must have loop through that bottom at a quick pace and not put any blood down he he only ran Dude, you know 200 yards but i i had no clue that's the thing too i mean you can put them them suckers are tough man and depending on where you hit them and like what i what conditions I, yeah I, i'm seen, fast i've seen a lot of it and um they they can cover so much ground so quick that even when they're bleeding a lot mm-hmm. you, it, it's hard i mean and depending on what the conditions are in the timber or like what you're actually tracking in it's like, I remember we looked for a buddy's buck for like eight hours trying to, I mean, and we, we gritted a little bit, didn't go too far, but I always, I hate gritting because I feel like when you start gritting, you, you, you've, almost, you've almost given up. Like, so I always, I'm like, I'm religiously trying to follow that, that blood because mm-hmm. if, if you really get granular, you can get directions, like little specks, like, and just, and if you keep that direction, now don't get me wrong, I'll look a little ahead and that's usually when I got an idea where he's going or down a trail or, or what I think he might be trying to do, circle back to the shot site or, or may, what have you. But I remember we started gridding and we looked and, and this deer, and, and usually that's the sign for me that like you're going to find him soon is when you do run out of that blood because it's, like they're, 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 it's like their death run or like they've that last all-out jolt before they really fall over like in a lot of those situations. And, and we ended up getting a dog for that deer. And he was like, if we would have went another 15 yards, like like right where we gave up, it was like, really? well, that's where we found blood. Like mm-hmm. if we would have, we stopped like, oh man, we just, we've been looking, we comb this, we don't know which direction he went. There's so much ground. We don't want to mess it up. Like we have other guys hunting. And that dog came in and actually 15 yards beyond when we stopped, 
uh, looking and tracking, found a good sizable uh, blood trail right to where he was. I mean, and he was dead maybe like 60 yards from that. And it sounds it sounds like close court, but we're talking thick, nasty hedge briar. Sure. Like, like so. I mean, you you start you looking. It's a needle in a haystack, man, and yeah. you're looking for freaking blood, and, and it's just nuts. So, um, but it can be. They can go. They can go a ways on a freaking ten ring. Yeah. I mean, dude, I I shot a doe through the heart a week earlier, yeah. and I texted the guys at fifty yards like, dude, I don't, I swear I smoked this deer. I'm not gonna find her, and literally pulled the heart out. There was a, a slick trick broadhead mm. cut out through the heart, and she didn't bleed hardly at all. Like blood trail was terrible. See, I've I've had I've had that. I actually shot that big drop plan buck. Um, dead through the heart i got the picture too i mean straight and 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 i'm telling you right now that was luck i wasn't aiming for the heart man i was i was aiming i was aiming center mass so i mean he was walking though um but the uh um i'm trying to think of what or i think i was leading him because he was on a good good walk and i ended up like just sneaking it in like it was it was cutting it close and i remember thinking about that briefly but it didn't matter because he was he was done but anyway dead through the heart and the only and he went Man, he must have went 350 yards on a on a full out just isn't it crazy ham sprint. And the only the only reason I, f- I found him quick is because, um, and I had good blood on impact because and then but there was there was two feet of snow. Oh, so sure. like I mean I could see blood like a you know blood tracks like a hawk you know yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah tracks I, I just followed him easily but. With how he went so far, I just could. I'm thinking like, man, right through the heart. Like you, yeah. went, you got that far. Like yeah, and but he, it was one of those things where he was running as fast as he could possibly run until he just was gone, and then just piled, he piled right into a fence actually. But um, but yeah. So man, I don't even know where we're. Oh, but bringing back to the rain, man. I think that also adds a, a like. I've always should I hunted more this year in the rain than I have in the last five years combined. I'm not a huge fan. Neither am I, and I've always had that fear of like having that mega giant come out and then getting that margin or getting that marginal hit and then having the rain. And it happened to me last year. Last year I hit a a huge buck dead center of the chest. Yeah, I I said dead deer. It literally started pouring. Like as I and it was my worst fear. It was literally what I the reason I did not hunt in the rain for so long. And it wasn't raining when I was hunting, but um, I remember hitting them. Had decent blood. Looked at the video. It was like last light, but I was using a lighted knock at that time, and I could see it. Well, then of course rain came through and and washed all the blood away. And I I remember I, I gritted. Ended up gritting for that deer. Never found him. But anyway, I've been hunting in the rain this year. Um, a lot more than past years just because, man, we were getting hit with rain hard. Yeah, you guys, you guys had I mean, a lot of fronts. Dude, we got pounded. I mean, I remember for a period, it rained It rained for like four days straight. Yeah. All day. All day, all night, rain, rain, rain. And I was hunting through it. And people were like, oh, you're hunting through it? I'm like, yeah, I got some, some decent rain gear and I was fine. But And then I kind of really wanted to shoot one in the rain for some reason. But... <laughs> but, but uh, never ended up seeing a good one in the rain, but but uh, I think we gotta I think we gotta shift gears. To, yeah, I to, think we were going off on a tangent there. It's all good. It's good bow hunting talk. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you, somebody like yourself been on a lot of blood trails, buddies. You know, hunting camp. That's 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 all part of it. But uh, 
let's shift gears to the reason I'm here today. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So we we just we just put one down. We put down number two um, in October. In October, yeah, squeezed it in. Squeezed it in. Squeezed. It was funny that that, that <laughs> thought occurred to me. Yeah, I actually had a couple of people. I posted a, a picture earlier of the arrow, and they were like, "Couldn't like and oh, you, you just slid it in right there." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know it. Um, but but yeah. So um, it's been a it's been a ride here in um, here in Iowa. So still have not touched looked at any sort of trail camera pictures, anything like that, just completely. Um, it's been an, it, it's been very, it's been a very enjoyable season so far, just getting out there, you know, getting back to hunting at its, at its, at its roots for me. Um, and just trying to figure stuff out, trying to locate a deer. Um, I, I mean, there may be a lot of, I was actually talking to somebody, I was talking to a buddy of mine, Probably last week when I seen a buck and had him come through, and they're like, "Oh, so what are you hunting?" I'm like, "Well, I don't know." And they're like, "What do you mean you don't know?" I'm like, "I'm I'm hunting. I'm looking for a big old buck. Like that's what I'm looking for. Like, and like you know, I want. And I'm always looking for something like you know, I want something 170 plus, whatever. Um, and he's like, "Well, don't you know what you got?" I'm like, "No, I haven't looked at a camera." Like, I'm like, "The buck I just seen this morning could could very well be the biggest thing on here. I doubt it, but you know, I was just messing." But um, but anyway, yeah, it's just been the process of, of locating one. So starting out um, having no intel and just systematically hunting to um, to find something to kill. And well, and I remember watching your story, and I'll, I'll call it maybe a week or so prior to this, you were looking for a buck that was busting everything up. Yep, yep. So actually, so when I, yeah, when I first, I started out, I think I, I took a few days in between when I got back from out of state and I started out maybe at like the 7th or the 8th of October and I got into some pretty, a decent buck right off the bat. Like if this deer would have had both halves of his, like this was an old big 10 point, big brows. Uh, he's on there. He actually worked, came in and worked to scrape at 15 yards and he was missing half of his rack. Clean at the base, <laughs> busted off. And huge body on him, just I don't know. I don't know what he what his other side looked like, but if he had two matching sides, he'd have been upper sixties for sure. Um, but anyway, so he uh, I seen him, and then, or actually the night before, I had a deer. I set up on some uh, some fresh scrapes. This was really early, um, and I had a deer come in at last light, and he was an old heavy nine point uh, or mainframe like nine point or whatever, and then he had half of his beam snapped off on the left side and then he had a broken brow on his right side and he comes in and just starts trashing trashing the area uh older buck for sure yeah and i I got a bunch of audio on that it was a black screen because he actually came in as i was like lowering my bow and i let him work through but anyway so then then i seen then i seen the busted up 10 and then i you know went out the next evening and i actually seen this deer i'm like man is that a huge doe I'm like, like, like just giant. I put the, the binos on him and it was a buck with both, nothing. Now this wasn't a big one. Yeah. Probably, he probably would have been like nothing bigger than 120 or something. Sure. But both of his, his, both sides were snapped off clean yeah. at the base. And, um. You know what kind of force that takes? Yeah, dude. It takes, like if, even if you take like a, a, an average, let's say hundred inch buck, right? Mm-hmm. You know, a shed and you would try and break that. 
Yeah. I mean, so it, it's one of those things where then I seen that deer and I'm like, okay, like, dude, there's, well, I mean, that deer wasn't as impressive, but when I seen that, those two older mature deer, I knew something was, I knew something was running around that was like snap, something heavy. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, even the buck that I ended up shooting could have, could very well be a culprit for that. I can't say for sure that he is. Um, but I jumped in, uh, a stand probably about five so then I started bouncing around just really trying to locate this buck I knew I was looking for something heavy something aggressive and and I was on that deer's tail pretty good and which I think it was that deer I got into a spot there was one evening where I would have had it done very early probably four nights into the hunt and I opted to slide back and do a little bit more observing than actually hunt the trail I was trying to hunt which was a completely against what i preach so i'm like sitting yeah. here what kind of distance because uh you know you, you it was you a, just you just mentioned you were gonna it was trail literally a distance of 20 yards so okay but that distance of 20 yards put me just out of like I, 30 40 yards from the trail well it actually put me at a distance of 20 i paced it off he was 26 yards from me but um I just could it it was all thick there was a bunch of stuff that he was in front of and where I would have shot him was was well beyond that and he staged up for a while within shooting range of this tree before he even made it to that point so and and that's and that's where this gets kind of iffy too like I posted some video of that but I never really got a clear look at that deer because he was through he sure. can't he, you know I seen him staging and I'm looking and he was close enough to where I wasn't picking up my binos to look through this he comes in and he's, he's staging in this 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 like hellhole of a crack and it's a real thick cedars, and I can see him through the cedars and I can see the silhouette of a cage and I can see a giant neck and I'm like oh he's a, he, okay it's game over. Um, I thought he was gonna come up and work right up to where I was at. Well, the tree that I needed to be in to shoot the trail, there was a fork right there. So even when I seen him, I didn't think he wasn't gonna come by me. But when he got to that fork, I, I'm like oh shit. Well either he he. He could have came left and came right by me, but he ended up going the other way. And he came in, though, and he literally stood within 10 yards of that tree I was supposed to be in. And that's where he was staging and making sure everything was good before he hit this old logging road. And as soon as he hit that old logging road, he he was letting everybody know that he meant business. Like, he he tore up that logging road so freaking bad, Byron. Scrapes are just rubbing trees. Dude, he was busting trees he was scraping he was trashing overhanging stuff and i'm just like oh my god i'm sitting there and i got i got the audio of that too i posted some of it um and i'm like oh man he's gonna work up here he's gotta work up here he's gonna because i was on a little little hook there and he never did he ended up going straight down into the bottom never came up into the open but i thought for sure i'm like dude the way that deer was acting i seen he was heavy i seen he was a big buck like he's got a he's definitely a culprit for the for, busted rack for the busted racks i said but either way he i would have shot him mm-hmm. and not even seeing his his rack specifically i could see the cage i could see just and i knew he was a shooter so i was actually and this is a prime example of like just something that i do quite often like i hunted that deer pretty hard for the next five to six days and then i just completely was like Okay, you're not going to waste any more of my time. Mm. Like so, which you you some, stayed um, emotionally unattached. Y- yes, sometimes I in the past I've gotten so fixated like, and but I just 
I knew that deer had moved on from where he was. I knew so it was getting... So he might getting, not have even been around, or I, he yep. wasn't killable, and, clearly. And actually, one night coming in to hunt that deer, I was scouting in, and I, I walked up on uh, a really nice, like, low-tined, heavy rack deer. I wouldn't have shot him, but, um, but like, I, I just started getting into other deer, and it's getting later and later in October, and I'm like, you know what, this, this deer... Um, like, I don't know. I, he could be chasing other, you know, he yeah. could be getting on does. He could be marking other territory. So I'm like, I'm not going to let this deer, you know, just, you know. Uh, and I didn't even know he was. Yeah, So, true. so I'm it's like, true. and I'm not going to bullshit anybody. Like, it wasn't some, like, you know, like I said, I got no, I have no intel whatsoever. I don't know anything other than what I've been seeing sitting. So so then I just started, okay, all right, it, it's back to, it's back to square one. Um, I'm scouting, I'm hunting, and I'm looking for a deer to kill. And that's when I really started getting some distance in between my sits. And, and I would sit two miles, three miles away from... Yeah, I think one of your stories was something about shaking and moving or picking and moving. Yeah, so I started that, man. I started a little stick and move, man. That's okay. that's kind of like... And I thought about it because I was on... Actually did a podcast the other week, and somebody was like, well, if you could, like, this, if you could define your style or whatever, or like what whatever and I was just like oh like stick and move like you know like when and they're like well, what do you mean I'm like well you know like when you you know like when you're fighting you know you like you jab and you get out of the fucking way you know yeah. it's like so that's kind of it's actually it's very much how I hunt so like um I wanted to portray that in this story just to and don't get me wrong like even this story it's it is what it is it's a highlight it's a highlight of these 17 days sure it didn't you know but nobody wants to see five hours of walking around either they say they do but they don't okay nobody really wants to see nobody wants to see does moving under your stand they want to see racks and yeah. i actually well yeah, yeah. and i and i got a little bit of i got a little bit of guff for that too because like I, I would start to get like oh like oh, it must be nice like you're seeing bucks all the time like yeah but like hey i sent i sent i sent, sent screenshots in my freaking my garmin watch and i'm like well i just put on 12 miles today did you okay? So 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 I think twelve miles on a like you know people don't you're not in like you're not so actually I posted a vi- it was three consecutive buck videos mm-hmm. it was an old heavy in fresh snow and he came in and he worked a scrape at five yards yeah and it was point blank and then about a mile and a half from that I had a I had a cruise in ten point older deer come down a ridge and then. Two and a half miles from that, I had this buck that was shot in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. I was on the neighbor's property. Well, there was so much scouting done between those three deer that put me in those spots that people were like, oh, you're just sitting on this, this great sure, farm. Sure, and you yeah. had... And, and that's why I started putting like two miles from where I was before. Like, you know, and just to kind of show a little bit of, I guess, insight on there. But um, it's, it's one of those things where it... Now, Cody, let, let's also ask this or, or paint a picture for our, the audience. When you would scout, even if you, like, sometimes to scout one mile, that could take, you know, a, a fast mile of walking is what, with 20 minutes, you yeah. know, on a I, treadmill, you know. If, yeah, I mean, so, so when 16, you're pl- 17, if you're like, if you're hammering. But. Yeah, like a big day of shed hunting uh, to me is somewhere around seven miles in the hills. Like it just, you know, just some yeah. elevation. I, I'm feeling it the next day. So you're, you're definitely putting some boots to ground. Were you, and, you? 
I, I guess on an average um, during this mid-October time period, anywhere from one hour of scouting, you know, moving around to some days three or four, can you kind of paint the picture for the audience of it, some of those days? It varied because like some days I got to get out and get to work. And then mm-hmm. other days, like I, I, you know, I'm more free ranged. Some of the, one of the days it rained and I was just in the mood to walk and whatever. And, and yeah, so look at it as a workout. Too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely all about that. I, and I'm also constantly trying to test this, like my system, because I'm all about having like the, the foolproof system. And I remember that day that I put on all those miles, it was with the stand on my back. And I actually, after that day, I went to, I went back to a waist belt because even though the stand's freaking five pounds, mm-hmm. I, you know, especially with my neck, I'm just like, oh, you know, like after that yeah, day. Yeah, sure. So it varies. I mean, and especially if I'm, if I'm seeing good stuff or if I'm not seeing good stuff. If yeah. I'm not seeing good stuff, then I tend to scout more. And you if, walk real fast. Like yeah, you, you yeah. scout faster than I do significantly. Um, yeah. And I'm usually just covering ground. And I know that like in out here too, it's very open stuff too. So like you might get on these fingers and there's big egg pieces and you do... Uh, so let's say you got a, a you know a mile in one line. Well, if you go, there's big draws that stretch out into these egg. If you walk that entire perimeter, you walk that draw. You know, yeah, exactly. It, 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 it adds up, man. Like anybody who's done a lot, of, like you said a lot of shed hunting or something. You're going up and down, back and forth, and you know you start to accumulate stuff. So yeah, I could it, see you getting mileage real quick if you were watching egg, 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 edges of all those ag fields and, yeah. and food and, plots and, and even too draws. like the, it's bluffy and stuff around here too. So it, it definitely adds up. Um, but but anyway, so um, yeah, okay. not not to get too off on the tangent, but, but that's good. It paints a picture for the people, lets people know how much you're truly scouting. Um, you know, because I think a lot of that information out there is, is sometimes, you, oh, you're scouting, but people think you walked around for 20 minutes. No, when you put that kind and, of mileage on yeah. looking for buck sign, like that's and, significant. And so, yeah. And sometimes, sometimes it can be 15, 20 minutes sometimes. And I, and when I'm trying to do stuff too, utilize as much time as I can, I'll go in blind and scout and hunt, which historically I don't like because there's a 50% chance you could end up in a shit spot. Mm. Like which, but it's also a better situation than going somewhere just to just to go there and not because and here's the thing like I there's another thing I like to point out like I used to look at shit sits as a shit time and a waste of time and it was bullshit well now I look at it as a valuable piece to the puzzle and it's information gained x on a map uh, it, it, it's literally it's knowledge mm-hmm. I mean so yeah that sucked and you didn't see shit and it was it was horrible but like well now you know that like like it's it's a piece of knowledge but what I think a lot of people mess up too is things can change very quickly so it's important that like that shit spot might not be a shit spot in three weeks sure I mean like you know so many people start to exit that off but but anyway, so I, I got, you know, I've been, I've been hammering pretty good here uh, on, the, um, on the Iowa piece. And I was, and uh, hooking in some, some decent bucks, like even that. Even the, the eight point with the huge gash in his back, dude. People, oof, <laughs> that was a crazy, that was dude, the craziest wound I've seen on a whitetail. I mean. Uh, minus some, there, in, some other stuff. But, and, and that's the thing, like that post too, like I, man, these these bleeding hearts out there like so 
it, it, it got taken so out of proportion. Like, that deer was not in misery at all. That, that deer was healthy. He came in, he scraped, he, he, he snort wheezed, he was eating, he was moving fine. Like, it was very unfortunate, and it made me cringe, and I didn't like looking at it. Like, it was a, but it was a flesh wound. Like, these deer are tough, man, and I got a lot of flack from like, oh, you didn't put that deer out of his misery? How could you? I'm like, that deer was not in misery. Like, if that deer had, if that deer Living. had a pass-through through the guts and was had intestines hanging out, yeah. yes, I, I would have put it out of its misery. Like, yeah, that's, but not one, I watched that buck for 30 minutes before I seen his back. Not one time did I ever even think that that deer could be wounded. He was in a cedar thicket, so I could barely see him, but he was rubbing trees. He was doing this. And it just made me think, though, having him come through and seeing his back and, like, knowing it was probably a broadhead, and I'm like, oh, man, it just, it sucks. And, you know, it really made me resonate with, like, being so close quarters to deer and being, like, you know, being able to just, honestly, like, it's hard to miss at that range. And I'm not going to say I've never done it. I've, I've messed up at that range. But it's one of those things where, like, when you're shooting at a garbage can, you know, it's a it's a lot easier. So it just, it made me resonate, and I wanted to share that with people. And I think it got taken a little, it got taken way out of context. And people are thinking this deer is going to die. I would bet, I'd bet my nutsack that, that, that the deer is going to live. I'm, I'm telling yeah. you. And, yeah. and, I mean, it's, it, them, I've seen them deer live with the deer I shot uh, four years ago, that, that management buck, was eight and a half years old. He got his leg blown off with a shotgun, and it was hanging by a thread. He lived, and that was when he was two and a half years old. He lived five years after that. I mean, them, them, these deer are tough. This was, a, this, was a, this was a wound that, it was definitely probably expandable, and it split him open pretty good. He had a good, like, fillet in his back. Yeah. But... It never went down past any meat. I mean, it was just so. Anyway, that deer, that deer had good spirits, and um, but yeah. So uh, we got circle in now. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, Get, uh, getting, you know, the, seen that buck. Uh, the reason I'm here today. So let's let's circle in on that. When did you kind of start picking some pieces together to to essentially make it happen on this guy? Um, well, it was essentially moving around. So like you know, and even people are, or even I got a lot of questions like, well, why did you? You just seen that good buck, like why'd you leave there? Well, like that's not the buck I want. Mm-hmm. So I'm sticking and moving. You know, I'm like it's it's so and when I so what brought me to the area that I ended up getting a glimpse at this deer was just um trying to switch my tactic up to focusing a little bit more on rut activity because the previous two days it was like a flip, a, a switch flipped. Mm-hmm. And I like, uh, and it, anybody, you know, you can watch the story and see like, but that older eight point that came ripping down that draw grunting. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well this is straight up. And this wasn't some little, this little is a, four corn buck. This is roughly, I want to say the 27th of October at this point, 20th. This is probably the 20, yeah, 20, 28th maybe. Okay. You, you felt like the switch had flipped. Yep. Yep. So I'm like, okay, well this is an older deer and he's, he's, Fired he's cruising, up. man. Yeah. He's looking, he's looking for some stuff. So. Um, so that's when I was like, all right, I'm going to get in an area where I can, I can see some ridges. So it's pretty ridgy over here. Not like, you know, not giant mountains. Well, actually where I was hunting was probably one of the steepest ridges we have, but yeah, there's a couple bigger, and, bigger bluff systems here. And I've been doing a lot of bottom hunting this year, which I've been just trying to pick it apart and, and 
get a little better at it because it's very tough to work the thermals and work winds and I've been trying to figure things out and I've had some luck and I've had some some bad days but um but I went down into this valley and it's probably the biggest valley here um very steep ridge on the right and a very steep ridge on the left so steep to where it limits where deer can even go up it it kind of funnels them around they they have to saddle around these spots because so there's just some iconic spots where and I can also see some distance. I was down in the bottom. I had some an opportunity for some light wind. So I really wanted to, what the intention was to be able to glass these ridges and see if bucks were cruising. Because mm-hmm. if I jump down, it just gives me a better idea of what's going on in general. If I jump and I and my glass these ridges all morning, I don't see one buck cruising them. I'm like, okay, maybe it's really not that time yet. Like sure. maybe they're just, maybe the one I seen was getting squirrely, but... So I jump on. I jump down in here, and I actually seen uh, one decent buck that was doing exactly what I thought he was, and he was cruising midline on this ridge, and he was just he was covering at a decent pace. He wasn't milling around, and I'm like, okay, he's 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 cruising for does. He's looking yeah. for does. So I was like, okay, that gives me a little bit of intel, and I started thinking about my next move, and I actually had a big buck, like you know, I was thinking and looking somewhere else and he comes through the the thick river uh, the creek bottom and pops up and this was you know i say i could have gotten an arrow in him and i could have but like if i knew exactly what he was and if i was ready at the exact time because sure. i grabbed my bow and i was ready but i wasn't i he was coming through cedars and i didn't know what he was exactly i knew he was a good buck but i you know um if i would have like took a gamble i could have gotten an arrow in him but but I was like, okay, no, I can't. Certainly, I don't know what he is. And when he got out, uh, and he kind of disappeared a little bit, and I'm like, okay, and I was thinking about it. And then he popped out at like 80, 90 yards. And I'm like, and I could, instantly I'm like, oh, shit, that's a good that's a good deer. I'm like, yeah, he's a really good deer. And I put the binos on him, and I'm like, I got to film him. And then he got out, and I posted a video of him just creeping up this this ridge, like through this this the bottom. That video was probably at like, a couple hundred yards away yeah. and it was in it was full zoom so like just the, it just and then what time of day are these bucks cruising because you're not a late sitter no i'm not so this actually the first buck i seen was probably like 8 30 this buck actually came in decently late he it was maybe like closer to nine yeah right about when I, time i was about to, i would get down and um he came through so and then even seeing him at that distance and seeing how big his rack looked i'm yeah. like I'm like, oh man, all right. I think I might have messed up. And I sent uh, you. I think you said something in your story or to me about that. You're like, oh, oh yeah. Up. I, well, I, I think I, I, well, I actually, I sent, um, I sent a video of that buck um, to a buddy, and I was like, hey, what do you think? What yeah. do you, what do you think of this deer? And he's like, I shot that deer in a heartbeat. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I'm like. Okay, and I immediately just started thinking like, all right, this deer, that's a good deer. This uh, like instantly my my wheels are turning, and I actually, um, so after that I just started thinking. I, I pulled immediately pulled up my phone. I seen what the wind was gonna do. I started looking at the area which he went up in, and you gotta strike quick because especially if he was cruising, like who's to know where he's gonna end up? So um, that. And then I actually got down, I went over, and I started looking at the area where I last seen him. But it's funny you say, like, you're, t- you're standing in front of that scrape. Mm-hmm. I stood, and I was actually late for a meeting, 
at work, but I stood down on that bottom for 30 minutes and didn't move. And I was literally just sitting there like with my hand on my chin because I didn't want to go up there because I knew he was up there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or I didn't want to risk him being up there. And I'm just thinking like, okay, how can I, how can I do this? And I, I was think I did a lot of thinking and a lot of thinking. And then I formulated a game plan instantly. And I'm like, or not instantly, but, <laughs> I, but I formulated a game plan and then instantly was like, okay, that's what I'm doing. Like, Seven, didn't, didn't overthink it. That's what I'm doing. So then, uh, when and, you formulated a game plan, you you thought, did you have it pick a tree and access route? Or no, I didn't even know you, what it looked like up there because okay. I so I couldn't pick a tree. I didn't go anywhere near the area. All right, so just describe this I, game plan. So what, the, what, what said Cody? I, I'm going here. The, well, the game plan was I, I just first I I guess I anticipated what what I knew about the area, um, what I thought that deer might be doing midday, and what I thought he was going to be doing in the evening, and then where I thought he was going to be going and how I thought he was going to be doing it. So okay, I knew I knew that he went up this ridge. It's the last place I've seen him. I knew there was bedding not too far, like a really hot, big bedding area, maybe 800, 900 meters away from like where I last seen him. I knew there was also like limited... Um, limited travel pattern due to the bluff Mm -hmm. like you know and then um i had a pretty good idea where that deer would be hanging out i guess midday if he was looking for a doe i just anticipated him finding said doe or or checking an area and by that time it being kind of midday and him wanting to lay down for a little bit and then you know with taking that information i'm like all right now this place was kind of a was it was a bitch for access like where i was I had to drive quite a bit. I had to walk quite a bit. And I knew that like how I came in in the morning to this spot and where I was, there was no way I was doing that in the evening and, and getting away with it at all. So I told myself like, all right, well, you're going to have to, it's going to take a long time and you're going to have to go on a long walk. And I'm like, all right, okay, that's fine. So I knew that I had to come in complete <clears throat> 180 degrees, different direction from a different side of the farm. Um, I parked my Jeep out in the open and I probably, it was probably, uh, I just needed to come in from the complete opposite direction and the wind switched and we had a straight east. It was really odd. Okay. And it gave me like an opportunity to hunt one of these bluff edges. And I anticipated this deer either bedding up on that ridge and then getting up and heading to that that bedding to check for does mm-hmm. or being in that bedding after dogging does getting up and then hitting that ridge to go somewhere else like that was my what i thought he was going to do in my head or what i knew he was going to do in my head and so the only thing was like this was a bitch to get to it where i was was going to be in visual sight of the bedding area mm-hmm. and in visual sight of the ridge like how do you get there he's up there somewhere sure so i walked a long, long ways, and it was dead calm, Byron. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. the most freaking stressful walk ever because I knew, and and I probably shouldn't have been. Usually, I'm not like that. Usually, I'm a bull in a china cabinet, and I'm like, all right, get there and hunt. Yeah. This time, I wasn't because I was trying to. T- uh, and I remember every step was like the loudest crunch oh. of leaves in the world, and I was like that the entire way. And then as soon as I got to the bottom of the ridge, I started creeping up this ridge and tiptoeing, tiptoeing. And um, finally got up to where, like, I was wanting to be. 
And I was trying, what I was trying to do is cut those two areas off and be in the middle to where I'd be in the game, uh, you know, either way. Like, you know, okay, maybe he's come out and he'd go a different way, but at least I'd be in the game and I'd see him and I'd, but where I thought he would be, this is where, and, and I had never, I mean, I'm sure I've walked there before shed hunting, but like, yeah. I didn't know what the you trees look yeah, like. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know what the ground looked like. I didn't know where I had no idea. So I'm going in and I start looking at trees and then I'm sitting there and I actually spend about five minutes and I creep a little closer and then another five minutes and I creep and I'm just like, all right, I'm just analyzing the area. And there was one, there was one main hook and there was a thicket down there that I didn't even want to get close to, but I, I had a suspect of what the wind was doing, where he, where he'd be at and come through so I creeped up and I could, there's this little like peninsula and it's all like just grass or it was a, there's a hay strip down the way, but this is like just this little pocket of grass in between this bedding and this ridge. And, um, as soon as I got up there, there's, there's two does out in that grass and mm. I'm like, fuck. And I'm creeping and I'm creeping. And then they actually, and I find the tree and the tree I pick has a million little twigs grown out of it like it like <laughs> not I mean, gonna be a quiet hang or, no, or potential the, for yeah, air yeah, for yeah sure. that, dude it's i can hang that stand quite qui- quieter than you 99 you, you probably hang more stands oh, than, dude, than most hunters in i can hang US. that shit silent man yeah. and that doesn't yeah. bother me at all but i looked at t- and i even thought to myself i'm like what just move over like and i'm I'm like, this is dumb. Why are you going to hang in this tree? You're going to fuck your shit up. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to scare everything out of here because there's little leaves on it. There's no branches. It's an open tree and it's about seven inches in diameter. And it's, and I'm only getting one, I just thought I'd, I'm only getting one stick high, two sticks high. Just, yeah. That's what my plan is. But literally, Byron, this thing is riddled. It's riddled with those. So I got to pull out my saw and I got to cut them. So oh, I, no. yeah, so I, st- so, so I start hanging, I get one stick, I'm going so slow, then I'm looking at my watch and I'm like, this is taking me way too long. I'm like, this is, this is not going to be good. That buck's going to come in. And I had this feeling that that deer was going to come in and bust me setting up the stand. And I was so paranoid. So I started trying what, to, what time is this for, for the audience? Are we two hours? Okay. Sub, I'm sub typically always time? late yeah, and well, I'm yeah. always running late. Everybody knows that. So, but today I'm like, I need to get in early. Mm-hmm. And even me getting in early is somebody getting in way late, probably. Well, you're also, so, you know, you're scouting your way in, you're assessing stuff. And it's taking it, a long it takes, time. It takes longer, yeah, so yeah, yeah. So, I'm trying to think where, there's like maybe, at this point, there can't be more than... Hour-ish of an daylight? An hour and a half left of daylight. By, okay. the time, by the time I'm in there setting up, and I wanted there to be like two hours, two hours, 15 minutes, because I had a feeling that buck was going to move early, which he did. Right. But so and squirrely exactly. So anyway, so I'm I'm going up and I'm like, all right, I got to speed up this process. So I started cutting a little quicker, cutting a little faster, and that freaking nanny doe bagged me instantly. As soon as I started, like you know, as soon as I got above that, started hanging the stand, she bagged me and she started blowing at me, and I'm like, you. So instantly, I set the stand. I got down and I ran her off, and I was like. I just knew I needed to get her out of there because because she, she was gonna sit and blow. Dude, and blow, she blow. was a she was a smart. Did you throw a stick at her? Did you? No, I ran her off. Okay. I was so at this point, Byron. I was so pit. Like I thought she had ruined. I, I thought she'd fuck me. Yeah. I was like, she ruined it. She. I'm getting her out of here. Whatever. So I was like, all right, I'm getting her out of there. So I I ran her off and I snuck back, got back in the tree, um, got set up, and I was pretty bummed about that that yeah. doe. I was like, man, everything was perfect. I got up here. I, 
I'm like, well, all right, you know, that bedding area is big. This ridge is, you know, that thicket's pretty big. You know, there's, there's, you know, whatever. And um, I even did some B-roll on them. Uh, and when I was doing B-roll, I could hear something moving back in the back in the thicket. And I'm like, I, I think I even said, I'm like, I think I can hear something moving back there. So I, but sure as shit, like 30 minutes later, that I, I caught a glimpse of a tying coming around and what that what that buck was doing is he was actually he was bedded up in that thicket on the ridge like I like I had anticipated and what he did was he hooked down and then he popped up right next to me to get that wind he for, was for whatever he had the wind coming from that entire bedding area and he was sitting there with it and and I watched him and I seen him and I'm like oh I'm like yes I'm like I'm like I'm like perfect like and he comes up where I can see his tines and I hit the camera on and I'm watching him and he did everything that a mature buck like that a that a big one does like he it took him it took him 25 minutes to to go to commit from that ridge trail to like the edge to where I could where I could even get a shot how many yards roughly of travel 50 yards it took him eight so he literally moved eight yards in 20 minutes yes where he'd take a step dude he was freaking analyzing he was and I'm I'm one stick high with my bow in my hand and he is, and you can see it on the footage. He's there's a big bluff and there's a there's a ridge trail. And for a second, I thought he was gonna hook down and actually. So where I was, I was anticipating him hooking like he did. But for a brief second, he started coming farther. And there was a like he could have got behind me. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna have to shoot him. I'm gonna have to shoot him head on. And I'm gonna have to make it happen in this thick stuff. And I'm like, dang. But he was just so. He was so adamant about making sure everything was right. I mean, he was sitting there. He'd look around. He'd check. His ears were moving. He was taking a couple steps. Like he, you know, he was he was browsing a little bit. And and you just like I've seen you hunt. Uh, oh, we hunted together late last year. Are your eyes closed? Because I know that's a go-to of yours. Um, no, you I'm just stone I'm, stone set statue. I'm stone statue. I got my. I got my bow in my left hand. I'm I'm ready to rock, but I'm still at the moment. I'm confident that I'm still like my wind is perfect, mm-hmm. and I'm just and if I would have like you can't in those situations you cannot move. So this deer is 25 yards away from me right now, That's, yeah. and he's in the timber. Like you cannot, and this deer is looking in my direction past me. You can't move. You just can't. So I'm, but I'm still, I'm still thinking in my head because I know he can go one, and if he goes that way, I have to move my feet. I can't shoot him because right now I can right where he's at I can shoot him and I can shoot everything to my left, to but I can't right. shoot the right until unless I move my feet. So anyway, it take it seems like an eternity. Sure, and I'm just like, oh my god, like, and it just when you really think about it in those situations, any little thing, and it's happened to me in the past, can can ruin your hunt. Yeah, a squirrel Dude. can ruin your hunt. A a a coyote, a just just a doe that wants to be an ass that, or just a, a a yearling that's just having fun running around. Like it can just it can put a doubt in their mind, and they can just turn around and or just hang out longer. So, um, so I really, anyway. So it seems like an eternity, but, um, and the thing about this is, and the question I get asked a lot is, how do you draw? Now there's no limbs. I have no cover. Yeah, I am in here, and I am and I'm bare. And he he finally commits after 25 minutes, and then now he he busts out into this little grassy patch or right on the edge of it at least, 
and he starts heading right toward me. And he's looking like right at me. There is absolutely no way I can draw. He's four yards from me and walking past. So I know, I know in my head, I'm four make, yards. It stands like five foot off the ground, you five feet off the ground. Yeah. And I'm going to post this footage and you'll like, dude, him coming through. He's just like a big slug, man. He's just in this, you know, huge freaking rack. And just like, now he's, now he's committed and he's, he's getting to that bedding area. So, but I, I make the decision, you know, I know I need to make this decision. I need to let him get past me. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely no way you're going to draw on a deer like that and shoot him. He's not going to stop and stare at you. No, he's not. Absolutely not. Especially that close. Because he was on edge that, too. Yeah, dude, that close. And when you're that close and you're that, I mean, I've, I've gotten it done one time when I was at full draw and, and he didn't see me come to full draw, but he, but he sort of realized something was going and then I had to swing and shoot him. I've gotten that done, but I do not believe you will ever, unless you're Robin Hood. Yeah. Draw on a deer at that close, be able to settle, be able to, or even instinctively shoot them. Like they're just. Right. Stick, th- stick bow guys could probably do a snap shoot. I don't even think so, man. I mean, like from where he was in yeah. his. Remember now, he's coming toward me. So mm. I'm set up to shoot him here, and he's right in your peripheral. Like, dude, them suckers can move on a dime. So, like, you, and I've been. And it took me a long time to realize that, and realize when I couldn't couldn't draw because I've been busted, oh, and yeah, I know how quick they can they can they can be gone. So anyway, so this was tough too, and I literally had to let this deer walk by me at four to five yards, and I shot him at ten yards, quartering away. Mm-hmm. So as soon as as soon as I seen his his eyes, or as soon as I knew he wasn't catching me with his peripherals, I lined up, yeah, and I came to full draw. And I shot him on the walk, quartering away. The arrow entered, you've seen, yeah. probably entered liver area, rear chest cavity, and just freaking screamed through him and came out in front of the opposite shoulder. Um, that iron wheel wide head just, I mean, and, and he... And you're low, so good, like, you know, you oh, have a good was, yep, uh, that, trajectory on the arrow. Yep, and he and he went, he he didn't make a 50 yard. Burn. That's why you called me from the stand. I know, I call, yeah, I called you right right away he went 50 yards piled over that deer never never had a clue what ha- like never even an inkling of what happened um and i was jacked man i was jacked up everything when you see him fall from the stand it's a different feeling because uh, i haven't and, had that in a few years see and for me for me the feeling comes from when i i always watch that arrow and i know where the feeling for me comes like when i see that arrow hit good i know like in that buck in illinois it happened so quick and like the lighting and like this bow that I'm shooting, like the, the Lobo now is a heavier poundage. It's shooting a little faster. Mm-hmm. It is a quicker. I mean, it, it's like, I didn't see where I hit that deer. I knew where I settled in and aimed and I, and the deer ran up. This deer was, I mean, so close. You're talking, yeah. you're so close. I seen that arrow hit and I instantly seen blood projectile. Okay. And I was like, man, it was just, but it's when, yeah, when you can watch them fall and you don't have to do anything and you just walk up on them. It was, I was jacked up, man. And just the fact that, honestly, I was anticipating it to take maybe another two sets. I was thinking, okay, maybe I'll creep up here. I'll probably get a glimpse of him coming out of that bedding area, and I'll have to play a little cat and mouse with this mm-hmm. deer. And when I seen him pop up, exactly the way I played it in my head, I was just like, I was jacked up. Mm-hmm. And and I actually remember, too, like after I shot the deer and I... And now, remember, I got no trail camera pictures, no nothing. I yeah. had just seen this deer at a hundred, at a hundred and probably fifty yards. Filmed them a little bit, 
knew he was a big frame deer. So there's always that excitement too when you when you're walking up. You don't really know what you got. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's it's, and I I knew as soon as I seen him hook out hook out, and yes, he was within 20 yards of me. I didn't look at his rack once. Okay. As soon as I knew it was that deer, I'm not, I'm not sitting there like, oh, does he have a does he have a sticker? Does yeah. he? Absolutely not. Like you're just gonna jack yourself up. Like, so, um, when I got to him and realized he was a a freaking slammer, dandy. And, and I thought he would maybe either a nine or a ten, but he's actually a mainframe eight, and he's got a beam that swoops up on the one side that looks like a four, um, and. I mean, he's got fourteen plus twos, and he's got killer and they're bladed, mask, and they're bladed. They're they're and really this, cool too. This deer has got probably six, seven inch of mass between his between his 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 brow and brow his two. Two, yeah. So I mean, he is he is he could definitely be a culprit for who is snapping those snapping those racks. But it was just really cool to get up on him. Heavy bases, eye guards, like huge body deer. Like yeah. just knowing he was just, um, you know, I don't know, man, dude, I was. I've just been I've been in it, man. I've been enjoying my time in the woods this year, and I remember even sitting there by the deer for about thirty five minutes, just hanging out. Just Didn't even do anything. Soaking it up. Yep, just soaking it in, man. Smelling the roses. Yeah. Um. So that's it, man. That's that. That's in, that story in a nutshell. In true lone wolf fashion, you know, visual, make a move, set the stand, set the stage, and then to, you know, have him five yards. And then to pull it off, Dude, you know, five foot off the ground. You know what? Real quick, I just gotta, I gotta, sh- I got. While we're on here to get your reaction, I gotta show you a, a little clip that I, I haven't watched all the footage yet. But I had two of my little cameras running, and one of them caught this angle of this, of this, this slob coming through the. Okay, so we're so watching this. Look, look at that. I mean, Jeez. he's. This is all the way pan back, Byron. He's four yards, and look at that rack, in that body. Like Dude. just to keep the composure. He is a tank. To keep the composure. Um. So like, if you're watching this, to keep that composure when that thing's walking by. Yeah. Look at there's the broadhead. Oh, I can see the broadhead. Oh, he is right there. Dude, he's right there, and I actually, I couldn't draw on him. Until he was, until he made another, it's just, you know, man, like, and then you get in that sort of, that sort of, you get it, you get a different intimate relationship. Yeah. You're in that bubble. Dude, man. You're so close. You can smell I've only done it once. The other deer I killed low wasn't as, um, as intimate because he was more like 12, 12 ish yards, but and that's still close. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, but but uh, I've hunted some some whitetails now low and had them inside of ten yards. Dude, it's a it's it's just insane. It's ridiculous well, when then, they look at you and you're like, well, I've gotten cracked a few times low, and <laughs> the look they give you of how the hell yeah, is something right there? Yeah, that they're close? like, what the hell is like? How did this happen? Well, then and then you add on top of that. Throw a rack on there that's bigger than anything, or that that is just so big. And I mean, you see these things like in their element, doing what they do. Like, and even when that deer was was hanging out in that edge, um, it's just awesome, man. So, um, but yeah, like I, I think I think the key points to take away from that. Now, you know, there's there's a lot of years and a lot of course of time and trial and error and just development of like what I do strategically and how I go about like thinking of things. 
So like, you know, me knowing, okay, this is a bedding area. Okay, this is a steep ridge. They're probably going to do this. This buck's probably going to want to do this to get up on his feet. And those are all things that that I think have came with just years and years of hunting. But the the, the important lesson that I wanted to portray through the story, um, because that was the whole goal of the story. Like if somebody can take something out of that, mm-hmm. and I've gotten so many people, it's awesome, that like text me like, dude, I seen your story and you were doing this, so I did that. And check out this buck I just killed. And it's yeah. just awesome. But the big thing for that was like time of year, I was looking to see what they were doing. And as soon as I seen what they were doing, I knew I had to make the move instantly. And if I wouldn't have had that east wind, mm-hmm. I would have been on that same ridge as close to that spot as I possibly could have been to where I could have got away with the wind I had. So it's just one of those things where I wasn't, I was not letting that dick, like I was going to be there because I knew that buck was there. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of where I was going to be and mm-hmm. what the wind was going to let me do. Where, and, where was the ambush point, the yeah. kill tree, yep. based and then, on and the conditions of the day? Exactly. So it, it's just one of those things where it just so happened that that east wind allowed me to be able to pick anything I needed to in that in that corner. And um, I knew that when I got up there, I knew that that buck was going to want to come in a certain way to that little spot. And I knew that as far I could get over is was where he actually first showed up, which I'm glad I, I was going to get super tight, but I'm glad I was back a little bit now seeing sure. how it played out. But And when I mean back a little bit, that's like 15 yards. But um, but yeah, it was just, it was awesome. It's picture perfect. So um, yeah, man, now it's... Two down in October. Yes, two down in October, man. It's time to start looking for number three. Uh, <laughs> I got to go somewhere else now. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, yeah, we discussed yeah. today. You, you may be looking at out of state or uh, mm-hmm. maybe a neighboring state. Um, you even talked about coming to Ohio potentially. So yeah, yeah, it'll yeah. be cool. It'll be cool. I uh, I think I'm going to bounce to Illinois and Kentucky kind of the rest of the year. It'll just depend on if I can get away for more than one day. Definitely Illinois. Just you know, that's a high caliber hunting area. Um, chance to hunt some some big bucks. And and if I can only get away for an afternoon or a morning, I'll drive to Kentucky. Yeah. So. Yep. You gotta gotta make it happen, man. You gotta yeah. Gotta do what you can. Yeah. Anything else for the listeners? Uh, I would definitely tell them good luck if they're getting ready for that rut grind. Just remember, you know that's 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 the game right now is is the ability to grind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now it's getting getting more toward that. Like even with what I've seen in Iowa and what I've heard from people, like they're definitely on the chase. Um, start start focusing on your your November tactics right now for sure. Yeah. Um, even I've, I'm starting to think like these bucks ain't like now you're even starting to transition off scrapes and stuff. I mean like, it, yeah, it's, yeah. If they're, they're, they're cruising. Right is almost the name of the game yeah. right now. It yeah. becoming it quickly. If, if, if it's not on in your woods right this now, this point in time right now is the most deadliest time. I think to find that those first couple does that actually come in. Yeah. Well, dude, Buck train, it's, it's yes. It's the Have you ever train. seen the buck train? Uh, Dave was hunting y- yesterday, pulled and, off the side of the road because he saw a rack. Oh, and he and he snuck back in there. And he said he had six, seven bucks on this Dude, one doe. I, you know, and I always I've seen the buck train once, and usually, I feel like you usually don't see giants on the buck train because like sure they sort of like would make sure there wasn't a buck train, but but I think right when it happens. If there the was first doe. There was no, yeah. It was the one year it happened, man, and it was, it was like 
one sign that there's a buck train going on is that you will see absolutely nothing. Like you, no action. <laughs> you're just not in the right spot. Like at that point in time, you have to be where that doe is. And if you aren't, you are shit out of luck because, I mean, I've had it to hunt in a farm like completely ice cold for days and days and days and you move over one ridge and it's like that's where it's at that's where they're all at so it's another reason you gotta be looking but i was in a stand this is the last story because i know this is a long podcast but um i was in a stand and um i was lucky enough to have one of those one of those does like within within range Mm -hmm. and it was so crazy byron this this doe ran by uh, at a certain point in time, and she had she had two bucks on her, like on her ass, mm-hmm. and they were they weren't huge. They were maybe like one ten and one fifteen or something, like you know, both in the same size range. And I was hunting this this draw, this one big draw that was in between two egg fields, and this doe came running by, and they were on her, and she went all the way up to the draw, and I'm like, oh man, I'm like, wow, that was cool. Yeah, and then like. Five minutes later, I had a buck coming through on that exact same trail that she just came, and I'm like, "Oh my god, this You're is like." It. Now, the only thing that sucks is I got there like there's only an hour left of daylight. Okay, but if you do find those spots, you can hop back in in the morning too and have good luck. But because, but anyway, I'm like, "Oh, dude, any buck that cuts that track is gonna come up here now." Well, then, like ten minutes later, I hear just crashing from out in the end of the timber. She, the same doe comes running down and crosses that trail. And she's got three more bucks chasing her in addition to the two 110, 115ers. Yes. So she's got five now. So there's five bucks. But, and, and none of them are nothing to write home about. Like, But there's yeah. like a 140 now in there. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, I just seen the buck train. I'm like, that was the buck train in its finest, right? And then yeah. she, she goes and she cuts across the field and then she goes out of the direction. And I'm like, man, that was cool. Yeah. And I'm like, this is going to be a good night because a, a tank is going to come trolling. Sure. Like 10 minutes later, I hear running again. It's that same doe. She's coming right up the, the trail that she came up first. Yeah. There are two more bucks behind her, Byron. Dude, I'm this not is a shitting. great story. Dude, this is awesome. I'm telling you, there was seven bucks behind her. And now this time there was a 150 in the group. And and, and I'm just like, this is... And, and I know people are going to listen to this like, oh my God, it must be nice. Like... I'm telling you, these. This was every buck, like on the. I had been hunting for weeks, haven't seen shit, whatever, and you know, had been running cameras that year too, and nothing. You know, there was one deer I was after, mm-hmm. and it was a heavy, super low, super heavy. Uh, he actually had a, a abnormal point coming out of his forehead. It was one I was after, and I was just like super jacked about it. Like I'm like, oh my god, could she bring? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. seven bucks. I'm like, this is the craziest thing I have ever seen. I was like. And I'm not a November fan, but like this is a cool November <laughs> yeah, moment. Yeah. And it's October. <laughs> this is October 16th, but I'm getting like that November. Yeah. She just came in abnormally early. Yeah. Abnormally. She's one of the early ones. Yes. Huh? So anyway, seven bucks, Byron. She runs by and I'm like, oh my God, this is freaking crazy. And then I get a spike buck come up from the draw, not associated with her at all. Then about 10, 15 minutes later... I'm like, oh, here she comes. Like, she's coming back again. I can hear her. She comes through and then she breaks off the other way. And I can hear something running up from the bottom. And um, I, I get the binos on and it's this heavy buck that I'm after. And I'm like, oh, yes. Literally, 
she runs all seven of these bucks run by, and they're not, this time they're not within range, they're down in the draw, but all seven bucks run by, and literally him, like a fat little piggy, just falls in line. The biggest (laughs) buck just falls in line right after the last buck, and then they leave on on a train, and I never seen him again. And I hunted until November 2nd, and probably seen one buck after that. Oh my god! That deer, that doe... That's is this the story I've heard where they took them all off the property? Took them all off the property. Okay. To, to, I mean, and then there were, there was nothing. It was like completely dead. Both uh, both Dad and I were hunting that year and did, weren't seeing shit. And he got into it for a little bit with with that um, um, with some good action in that draw because her scent sure was there. But then after that, it was like until other does started coming in, which wasn't for another like two weeks. Mm-hmm. The farm was was it was a ghost town. Man. So, I mean, it's just like, it's weird. You can have that stuff happen, but there is such a thing as a buck train. Dude, that story right there. That's why. That's why you tell, that's why you talk on the podcast, man. That's so cool. It, it was, it was nuts. I, and I, and I have footage of it somewhere. <laughs> it's on one of my old, um. The archives. Yeah, one of my old cards or something. Um, oh my gosh. But yeah, man. Anyway, well, Byron's got a long, I long do. drive back to, back to Ohio. So we better wrap this thing up, man. Yeah. I appreciate it, Byron. Dude. Another one. Look for yeah. Look forward to some pictures and some video coming out with this. Yeah, one. absolutely. We, we, so it'll be a it'll be a good one and uh, probably a feature on an addictions episode. Yeah, yeah. In the we'll, future. Yeah, we'll have a we got a lot of uh, and yeah. And if you want, oh, I almost forgot, man. If you want to see the whole process to this deer and the oh, story, shit. go check out the story highlights on my on my Instagram page. There's a I got it split up from I have the Illinois buck on there and then I have the the Iowa. They actually had to split it into three parts because they only allow you to have 100 stories on uh, on a highlight. Uh, okay. Just found that out. So A highlight. <laughs> only 100 stories. Yeah, only 100 stories. So there's three parts, but um, and I'll be uploading the rest of that stuff uh, here shortly. But Man. Yeah. Sorry. All right, guys. All right, man.